I titled this sermon today, The Alarm is Sounding. Do you believe the alarm is sounding in this world? And they call it, what? Global warming. They put, they put a name on it, global warming, but that's how the world sees it. But nature is responding to God's coming. The groom is coming. You know, we used to say, get ready, right? But don't you think we need to be ready? Because we don't know when the groom is going to come. The rain is coming. And what rain is that? That's the latter rain. Amen. The latter rain. So my question is, what happens when the alarm sounds? You know, when we, it's just like, how many of y'all wake up with an alarm every morning to kind of get you going, get you stirred? How many times you hit the snooze button? You want just a little bit more time. Just a little bit more time. Are we doing that with the world alarming sounds that's going on? Are we hitting snooze and annoying what's, uh, 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 what's going on around us? The latter rain, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, that the latter rain is given to meet the greatest crisis of all the ages in the world. The national Sunday law, the final persecution, the giving of the final loud cry, and the finishing of the work. The latter rain is more abundant and greater than the former rain. Why? Because Christ says, greater works than these shall ye do. Shall you do. Question. Will those under the latter rain have more forgiveness? Will they have more love? Will they have more faith, courage than the apostles at Pentecost? No. But under the latter rain, thousands all around the world will do what the apostles did. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Father God, we thank you again for the opportunity to be here, to stand before you, Lord. Lord, I pray that our eyes may be open, that our ears may be open along with our hearts. We know what time it is, Lord, but sometimes we ignore it. We love to hit the snooze button just to get a little bit more time. But we thank you for allowing us to live to see another day, to steady get it right, to steady seek you, to steady ask your forgiveness to stay to repent of our sins and our old ways. We thank you, God, again for being our God. May we be a people that you say, these are my children to whom I am well pleased. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you forgiven those who have offended you, church? Are you asking forgiveness for the people that you have offended? The latter rain is the greatest need of the church today. Zechariah 16 says, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Acts 1, 8 says, but ye shall receive the power. After that, the Holy Ghost have come upon you. Luke 24, 49, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endured with the power from on high. So what do we have to do? We have to keep moving during these times. We don't have time to just sit around. We have to be doing something. The Bible, t- not the Bible, uh, uh, we, need to use, we need to use what we got until we get what we need. We all have talents, and we need to start using those talents. 
Sounds like what we need is a little revival of the preaching of the twofold message by Brother John the Baptist, you think? We need that wake-up call. John 1.29 says, Behold, the Lamb of God which take away the sin of the world. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. This is the twofold message, church. The Lamb and the Spirit, the blood of the Lamb and the baptism of the Spirit, the cleansing blood and the empowering Spirit, the justification, the justifying blood and the sanctifying Spirit, the blood of the Lamb for sinners and the baptism of the Spirit for saints. Are we carrying that fire? Do we feel that fire burn within us that the Holy Spirit gives us? First, we must be cleansed from sin. And then we must be baptized with the Spirit. When you and I are emptied of sin, we can then be filled with the Spirit of God. And it's not easy. Because Satan's going to bring back things in our lives and, and tell us, oh, you don't need to get rid of that. Just hang on to that just for a little bit longer. It's a steady battle for us. But God would take care of it if we want him to. So what do we get when we empty our hearts to God? Well, I'm glad you asked, church. Let me share a little something with you. When we empty our hearts to God, we get a new heart. We get a new power, justification and sanctification, inputted righteousness and imparted righteousness, regeneration, transformation, a babe in Christ, and afterwards, a full-grown man in Christ. A new standing and a new status. Don't it sound like we all need Jesus? Because we can't get that of our own. Scripture tells us, you can do nothing without me. You can't even blink your eye. You can't even move your little finger without Christ. Because Christ is our righteousness and in him alone. Now let's talk about the early reign and its purpose. The purpose of the early reign are entirely different from the purpose of the latter reign. It is extremely important for us all here to clearly understand the different purpose. It's just like, how many of you have a garden, a race to garden? When you first get your garden together, you, you ward it, right? You do warden, and you, and, and you keep warden, and you give it water. You give it water up to the production of it, and you're ready to pick it. It brings the fruit or vegetables or whatever you plant to its full maturity. And that's what, the, that's what the early rain did and the latter rain is going to do. I believe the latter rain is being poured out on Christians now to bring us to our fully potential, to what's in us, to finish up the work where we can go home. You know, some people like it here. They put their roots on this earth here. But all of this stuff is going to be destroyed. The early rain is given to lead us and to lead us where? Into all truth about God and his will for us. To a complete knowledge of ourselves, our true condition, our weaknesses, our faults, our deficiencies, our characters, our unknown or unconscious sin. And our constant dependence upon God himself. To a thorough repentance and confession and forsaken of all of our sins. We should be searching our souls for what's inside of us and what need to be removed. 
and all those wicked ways in us. And that's not easy either. But we know God is there to help us. To a, to a perfect surrender of our will to God's will. To a wholehearted obedience to all that God asked of us. To gain the complete unbroken victory over every besetting sin that's before us. To reflect the image of Jesus halfway. Is that right? No. Fully. We have to learn to reflect the image of Jesus fully. Not a little bit. You know, those lukewarm days are over. We either got to be hot or cold. We got to choose what side of the fence we want to be on. And we're going to have to learn to stand firm no, no matter what. To becoming fully mature men and women in Christ. Now concerning what you just heard, let us pause for a minute. Long enough to remind ourselves of some of the important Bible statements which declares that the work of the Holy Spirit is to what? Is to reveal all of our sins to us so that not one unknown sin remains inside of us. How much sin do you think is going to be in heaven? None. None. Say it again. None. None. So if we go into heaven, we have to leave that sin behind. And the only thing we're taking to heaven with us is what? Our character. Amen. So question. Do you think the Spirit is revealing things to you now about what's inside of you? What I've learned is, even through myself, when someone come to you, someone come to us, and trying to tell you something about your life, and when we get angry about it and mad, we're not fighting against that person. We're fighting against the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit leads someone to tell you something about yourself that's not godly, we get mad at who's telling us. But we need to look a lot deeper than that because the Holy Spirit is working and he works through people. Jesus said, and when he, the Holy Spirit, is come, he will reprove, that's convict, the world of sin, John sixteen eight. He, the Holy Spirit, shall teach you all things. That's John fourteen twenty six, about God and about yourself. John declares this, but you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. First John two twenty. The Holy Spirit work then is to lead us into all truth. When He, the Holy Spirit, a truth is come, He will guide you into all truth. Do you know the devil hates you? He hates you, church. So why do we want to do things to glorify Satan? Someone that hates you. He knows he's not going to heaven and he don't want you to go either. So he's going to do everything he can along with his demons to keep you out. The Holy Spirit wants to lead us into all truth about ourselves. And he will reveal to us all of our weakness, our faults, our shortcomings, and all that God would have us to know and to be and to do. The Holy Spirit will lead us into the whole truth about ourselves, who we are now, and the things that we need to change about ourselves as rapidly 
as we can bear it. The more you can bear something, your faults, the Holy Spirit will show you something else that we need to get rid of. There is a job to do. But the question is, do we want to know? Do we really want to know the truth about who we are? You know, I don't know what movie it was on, but there's, a, there's some movie that says you can't handle the truth. Somebody told another person that, can we handle the truth? Do we want heaven bad enough to know the truth? We live in a spiritual world, but it seems like a physical world. But we have to look deeper. Look around at the great controversies that's going on all around us. We play a big part in that. And I'm going to tell you today, also church, it becomes a habit that we use, but we need to leave the word luck. We need to leave the word chance. And we need to leave the word coincidence out of our vocabulary. Because when we say things like that, that is of the world, and you're taking the blessings away. You're not giving God the credit. Someone told me that they had rolled over three times in a car. They had a wreck, and luckily, they had their seatbelt on. But there's a lot of people that have died in car wrecks, even wearing seatbelts. So the luck is out the window. It was by God's grace that they were able to have that conversation with me. Whatever may be the nature of our defects, the Spirit of the Lord will enable us to discern them. He will show us if we want to know. And by grace, which is power, will be given to us whereby we may overcome. Hebrews twelve twenty nine says this, He shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire to sin wherever is found in you. Our God is a consuming fire. In all who submit to his power, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God will consume sin. But sometimes we give the whales. We go, well, perhaps this all means the Holy Spirit will lead us into just part of the truth. Then sometimes we say, well, that's just who I am. That's just the way I was born. That's my culture. Culture ain't got nothing to do with it. I don't care who you are, what culture you come from. We still got to get it right. It's got to be God's way if we love God. Or we say perhaps it means that the Holy Spirit will reveal just part of our sins to us. Well, I give you a well. We'll put all away, put away all of that faithless reasoning and let us submit to the reason to revelation, what the Bible tells us. That reason is, is straight from hell itself and is straight from the devil. Let us not re- rationalize away a great truth of the word of God. Let us come to it as humble and teachable. Now that's one of the biggest words. Are we teachable? Are we listening? As a, like a little child and accept it as it is, as it reads, as we continue to pray and study, God will continue to reveal our weakness and our faults, our unconscious sin, along with our conscious sins to us until our knowledge and victory are perfect and complete. 
This is, this is the necessary preparation for receiving the latter rain that will come. May our eyes be open to who we are and to who we want to be in Christ. May each prayer earnestly, may each one of us pray earnestly that the Holy Spirit will cause the scale of unbelief to fall from our eyes. May he give us the spirit, spiritual discernment to see who we are now. These, these things are spiritual things that are understand, understanding by spiritual-minded people and by those who really want it. But that's what we have to ask ourselves. Do we really, really want it? Remember this, church? Judgment starts where? In the house of God. Don't be scared to speak up. Talk, talk to me. It starts in the house of God. That's us. It starts here with us. And you hear a lot of people think that judgment is going to happen when, God's, when God comes, when Jesus comes. But no, judgment is going on now. Jesus says, when he comes, my what? Reward is with me. It's going on now. We never know when our name is going to come up. Revelation 3.22 says, He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the church. God is always speaking to us if we want to hear. May we we get ready. May we be ready. May we open our eyes to what the Holy Spirit is showing us about us. There's a whole lot of things we got to get rid of. No matter how many goals we have achieved, we must set our sights on a higher one, and that's Jesus. So no matter how many degrees you have, no matter how many what's what, we have to set our eyes on Jesus because all of those things we can't take with us. Matthew 6.21 says, For where your treasures are, what's the rest of it? There will your heart be also. That's pretty heavy. Where your treasures are. So whatever you like best and love doing, that's where your heart is. We need spiritual treasures. So in all, this is our washing and our ironing time. The time when we are to cleanse our robes of character in the blood of the Lamb. Wash, rinse, and repeat. Wash, rinse, and repeat. One more time together. Wash, rinse, and repeat. That's what we have to do for ourselves. And whatever we're lacking, God is going to finish it up. He's going to make up for it, even in witnessing. Never think that you can't witness. All you got to do is open your mouth. Let people know about your testimony. Let people know what God has done for you. And I know he has done something for you because you're sitting in here today. You're still breathing. So if if you're breathing, he has done something for you. And he's doing it now. He'll allow you to live for a reason, for a purpose. You ever ask yourself, what's your purpose? I, have, I, uh, uh, I, I get many questions like that. People say, I don't know the purpose that I'm here. The purpose that we are here is to tell people about God. 
There are hurting people out there. There are people that's dying and falling by the wayside. The field is ripe to harvest. But the Bible says the laborers are what? A few. Are we carrying the fire, which is the Holy Spirit? The rain is coming, which is the Holy Spirit. That's the latter rain. The alarm is sounding. The Holy Spirit is sounding the alarm all over the world. So, brothers and sisters, we have to be faithful because God is coming. I want to share something with you. What was... What hard preparation had the disciples made that, that made it possible for the early rain to fall on the church? They was making preparation during that time, putting away all differences, putting away all desires for supremacy. Who's been the, who wants to be the best? Who's this? Whose job is this? Put away all that aside they was doing. They came close together in fellowship. They did not wait in idleness. They humbled their hearts in true repentance and confessed and confess their unbelief. They drew near and near to God. They were burdening for the salvation of souls. That's one thing we have to ask ourselves. Are we burdened for the salvation of souls? Because if we are not, we are racist. You know that? We don't care for the human race. That's the bottom. And we're selfish. You think about that. If you don't care for the human race, you're racist. I don't care about the color, the black and white, the red, green, purple, and all that. You, you are racist as a Christian. If you're not trying to help somebody, church, all of those people out there in the world that are dying and that are hurting. As I go on, it says they prayed earnestly to speak words that would lead sinners to Christ. They did it. We can do it. James 5, 7, it says, be patient and keep serving. It talks about. Be patient for the latter rain that's going to fall and it's coming, whether we be a part of it or not. But the latter rain is going to give us that extra power to finish up God's work. We say this. We say, my cup runneth over. The question is, with what? Does it run over with gossip? Does it run over with being selfish, hate, pride, unforgiving? Boasting, prejudice, if we fill our cup with Jesus, all the junk will flow out. Amen? If we keep it full with Jesus. You know, we sing that song, fill my cup, Lord, I lift it up, Lord. Ask yourself this, why would God fill your cup and you won't even empty it on somebody? Why should your cup be full and you won't even pour it out? But we see, fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and fill my thirsting soul. But we have to have something emptied for God to fill it. There are four 
celebrations of redemption. Four times in the work of Christ, having celebrated the four outstanding events in the progress of redemption. Number one, when as a babe at Bethlehem, he entered the courts of earth to become our sacrifice. Luke 2, 3.20. Second, when he left earth, he entered the holy place of the heavenly sanctuary to be our high priest. Psalms 24, 7, 10. Third, when leaving the holy place, he entered the most holy place within the second veil to act as judge. Daniel 7, 9, 14, Isaiah 63, 1 through 6. Every one of these celebrations was indeed a splendor expression of heaven's approval of the work of the Lamb of God. Fourth is given after the close of probation. It will be more magnificent than any that has preceded it, because at this time the marriage of the Lamb take place, fulfilling the prophecy. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife has made herself ready. The alarm is sounding to get ready, church. You know what's so cool about this Sabbath? All Sabbaths are, are, are really blessing, but this is the last Sabbath of the year that we get to celebrate this year. Tomorrow is the first day of the next year, like the first day of the week, you know? So I just think all of these things are just so special. And I know God is working in each and every one of us today. And my question is, too, what's on this earth that we want? You know, why do we, why do we want to stay here? Look at, look at the diseases and the chaos, the killing, and it's only going to get worse. It's, it's, it's going to get worse. And we try to talk to people. We bump into some, someone every once in a while that want to commit suicide and want to give up. But if you, if you talk to someone like that, you encourage them. You hang in there. Find the right words to say to them. God will lead you to say the right words. And there's so many young people that's committing suicide because they see what's going on. Give somebody hope. Give somebody the hope that you have in you. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to go home. I still have things to do. And that's one reason I never worried about COVID-19, because when God is ready to take me, hey, it ain't nothing, it, it ain't nothing that can happen to stop it. At the same time, if he's not ready for me to go, there's nothing that can stop me going, no matter what. So we have to put our faith and our hope in Christ in everything we do because our faith is what's going to get us to heaven. Amen? I'm going to close out with a song here. Because Jesus is coming. Many times in my childhood, I 
when we travel so far. By nightfall, how weary I've grown. Oh, but the Father who showed me He stepped my way. Saying, child, we are going home. Going home. I'm going home. There is nothing to hold me I've caught a glimpse of that heavenly land and praise God we are going home now the twilights are fading and the day soon shall end I get homesick the father I roam oh but the father he has led me he stepped my way he said now we are going home help me out y'all come on going home I'm going home there is nothing to hold me Praise God, we are going home. My prayer request is may we all be ready, church. Not get ready, but we need to be ready. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Father God, we thank you again for this opportunity to bring a message, Lord, about you. Let us remember our life is all about you, Lord. We are representatives. May we be the representatives that you are pleased with. May we not be afraid to open our mouth. May we do the things that you want us to do and just draw nigh to you, Lord, each and every day. We thank you for being our God. May we build people that you say, these are my children to whom I am well pleased. In Jesus' name, amen.